Well, bond yields are at it again, rising sharply. Not quite as much as last week. Well, not yet anyway, but it looks like the usual suspects. It's inflation concerns again. More government debt, not just in the US, but it also looks like the UK could have more of it too. And equities are affected as well this time. We'll look at the connection between the two and what's kicked it off this time. Is it the data out of the United States which shows ISMs are a little less than expected and the same with jobs? Is that all it takes? It's Thursday, the 4th of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Yes, bond yields are showing sharp rises again. Ten-year treasuries haven't made it up to 1.6%, but they are up more than six basis points, close to 1.48%. Big rises in yields across Europe as well, up nine basis points in the UK to 0.78%. So the buyback was uh, relatively short-lived at the beginning of this week, it seems. A little more market rotation in the stock market as well. The Dow is up a tiny bit, but the S&P 500 is down 0.6%. The Nasdaq has lost 2.2% today. There's a 2.2% fall in Microsoft soft and an 8.5% fall in Rolls-Royce. But banks are doing okay. Uh, JP Morgan up over 2%. The Bank of America over 3% up. And oil also over 3% up for WTI. But other commodities are down, including a 1.8% fall in copper. That fall in commodities might explain why the Aussie dollar is down a third of 1% right now, whilst uh, we've seen a slight rise in the US dollar on the DXY. But the dollar is also up a quarter percent on the Japanese yen, the US dollar, that is. So what's going on? Should we be worried about bonds again? Well, here's Gavin Friend, senior market strategist from NAB in London, where the treasurer today, Rishi Sunak there, said he's going to furlough workers for longer. That means more government spending. Uh, but that's not all that's driving the uh, the bond action. A lot of it is in the United States, presumably uh, because we are back to inflation concerns again, aren't we? Uh, Gavin, is that what's going on? Oh, morning, Phil. Uh, as you say, uh, another rise in bond yields, US 10s from 140 to almost 150. Again, to your point, not up to the highs we saw um, last at the end of last week. And you're right, part of the reason for the rise in yields midweek uh, is a rise in UK, real, uh, in UK yields. We'll come on to that in a second. But we also have this impetus for higher yields from anticipated US fiscal stimulus, the quickening vaccine rollout. President Biden saying that, um, you know, the country will have enough doses for every American adult by the end of May, <clears throat> all feeding that uh, particular narrative. I mean, it's a separate issue, you know, how many Americans will take it, I guess, but that's a story for later, not now. We know that the global recovery, global economic recovery remains on track for strong growth uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, at least in Q1 and Q2. On Monday, we had those global PMI numbers for manufacturing, which were reasonably robust, um, meaning that uh, developed economies, you know, are from readings for most of them, there are closer to 60 than 50. On, on, on Wednesday, we had the harder hit services PMIs. We know China, we know Chinese activity has expanded at a less fast pace recently. And, and I guess that's, that's one to watch, especially if, you know, liquidity is dialed back. But then we can hear from, you know, such as the PBOC overnight talking about keeping liquidity going, make possible talking about possible triple R cuts for some banks. In Europe, however, the service sector PMIs continue to improve. Um, and if you look at the service, uh, the services and the, co- the composite indices, they're all about to cross back above 50. In, in the US, the ISM Wednesday was a touch 
softer at 55.3 from 58.7. A market was expecting unchanged. It's still expanding, um, but at a slower pace. And the prices, the prices paid part of that was up, though, wasn't it? So, I mean, did, did that also contribute to this concern about inflation, that we're seeing input prices increase? Indeed. I mean, that's a constant story. I mean, the driver of this of this slowing uh, pace of activity on the ISM services or non-manufacturing was actually new orders, you would think that as the economy, I mean, it's almost a 10% drop on that. It's pretty hefty. You would think that as the economy reopens, these will pick back up again. So it's all, you know, a problem that should go away um, unless, of course, the virus mutates uh, to a point where, you know, it, it begins to, you know, run across the recovery. That's not the expectation given that, you know, drug companies think they can they can they can tweak these things within three months uh, to your point about the prices seven and a half percent seven sorry seven and a half point jump uh, in prices to a 12-year high this and lo- uh, longer supply delivery times via the global trade disruptions I mean these have been a growing theme in recent months in these PMIs and we know that base effects and higher energy prices and some idiosyncratic developments in a number of countries it's not just the US like like tax rises or tax shifts, basket weighting changes, all of these will continue to support prices in the coming months. There's then there's the the uh, the the impact of anticipated of uh, the in- anticipated surge in economic activity in Q2 and Q3 to think about. Central banks say they are aware of all of this. And they'll look through these because the evidence of the last, what, two decades has been that labour markets can tighten considerably without generating inflation. They seem to be a bit alone on that, though, don't they? I mean, if we, because these, these, these inflation expectations continue. If we look at the, uh, uh, the, the break-even rate between five-year treasuries and inflation-protected bonds has gone up to 2.5%, the highest it's been since 2008, well above the, uh, the Fed's 2% target. Well, uh, well I would say, actually, uh, on Wednesday, the encouraging thing is we did see real yields lag so you, to, to, to the point that the break-even inflation rates inflation expectations pushed up I mean that's a healthy development what we have seen in the last few days until today with the rising yields was that um, you know uh, real yields were moving up faster and break-even inflation expectations were coming down from what 226 to 27 in the tens to sort of 215 or 210 now we're back up again against two uh, above 220 so that's actually an encouraging environment we're going to hear from uh, Chair Powell uh, Thursday. He speaks on the economy. There's a Q&A. I'm sure he'll be asked about this recent hissy fit. Call it that. Call it a flash crash. You know, we saw we saw we saw comments from Lyle Brainard uh, on Tuesday who, who said that the moves uh, the size of the move certainly caught her eye. She, of course, is referring to the size and the speed of the moves. She's thinking about disorderly markets and disruption, those kinds of things. Nothing else. You know, she she she, she maintains, like Evans has on Wednesday, the idea that it's going to take some considerable time to get to you know where the Fed wants to be before it changes changes its uh, its 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 assistance to the economy. So, you know, we're going to hear a standard message on that from Powell, I'm sure. It's just, will he venture at all into the speed and the disorderly nature of the moves? You know, maybe maybe markets will get something from that. I doubt it. He's becoming pretty seasoned at answering these kind of 
these kind of questions. So you've, you've given a whole catalogue of reasons why we, you know, we seem to be coming, heading for recovery, perhaps faster than anticipated, and markets are reacting to that. And yet you look at the jobs numbers, the ADP employment number uh, was lower, 117,000 new jobs versus 195,000 in January. So it's slowing there. But, you know, we <laughs> does that mean, therefore, that, we, you know, that becomes another sign to push ahead with the stimulus? It seems a lot of people are, you know, losing their appetite for this stimulus. Is, is it definitely going to go ahead? Oh, uh, it, it will go ahead. There's no doubt about that. The, the, the question is, what how is much? going to be the how much of it? Um, and it's, it will still be. I mean, we saw we saw from the uh, the Trump nine hundred billion at the back end of the year how that impacted um, you know retail sales in 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 January. I guess the surprising thing was was in today's drop back or slowing in the um, in the non manufacturing new orders numbers. You'd have thought that some of that would have fed through to that. Why why did that not feed through? Um, so some inconsistency there, I guess. But we know that a lot of this money. Is is going to be spent. Um, it's just because it's not been able to be spent. So uh, we imagine you know, there's going to be a healthy dollop of uh, support for the economy. Well, they're that. arguing, aren't they, over the level now? You know, the $1,400, who's going to get it? They seem to be lowering the level of, for the individual. So, you know, if you're over 80000 a year for an individual, then maybe you're not going to get it. But look, it's not just the uh, the US. Is it? This time it's the UK as well. So we had the budget. You know, there are not too many surprises. Uh, Rishi Sunak uh, extended the furlough scheme through to, uh, through to September, which is, you know, when the UK is hoping that everything will be back to normal. Uh, so this is uh, this has raised the, uh, the the possibility or the inevitability of uh, increased bo- uh, bond issuances. So uh, the forecast now for this year is two hundred ninety six, almost three hundred billion uh, pounds worth of bonds, which is about fifty billion higher than the market expected. So that's driven some of the uh, influence, some of the bond rates we've been seeing today, hasn't it? It has. Um, you know, so so just to contextualise that, UK ten year yields up eight to nine basis points. Uh, 30 years the further you go out up to 10 11 basis points um, just slightly above what you're seeing in the US um, and all you know as you correctly identify on this uh, increased issuance uh, from the uh, UK DMO um, including 15 billion pounds worth of green bonds that the, that's the first time that the UK government's going to tap that particular uh, area and it, it imagines a couple of issues uh, in the summer and then in uh, for the end of the year. We're talking about the uh, the tax year 2021-2022. All of this, um, you know, as the Chancellor delivered, I think a, what we would describe as a spend now, tax later budget, is, which is conversely the, the complete opposite to what the papers had suggested a few days ago, which would be, um, you know, basically uh, get the tax rises away out of the way now so that uh, you can head into the next election uh, delivering tax cuts. Um, so all of this is aimed at, you know, shoring up the economy. The government will spend something like $65 billion in the next two years supporting jobs, investment, the recovery. Um, we've got uh, a number of initiatives. You, you mentioned the furlough, business rate holidays, um, house stamp duty cuts, grants of businesses designed to hit as the economy opens up, tax breaks on investment spending. On the tax side, corporation tax goes up from 19% to 25% in 2023, so not today. So the plenty, OECD of, plenty, average, of t- plenty of time for them to change their mind on that one, isn't it? Really? So, oh, 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 indeed. <laughs> yeah, 
Indeed, indeed. And it's all predicated on the idea that, you know, we've got these stronger growth numbers from the independent OBR, which talks about 4.4% this year, 7.3% growth next year. Mm. I mean, all of that's great in terms of thinking about how you get on top of how you pay for all this. If it if it pans out, uh, and to your point, you know, of course, you know, we can imagine that those corporation tax hikes or the freezing of the personal allowances, you know, perhaps won't happen if uh, if if things don't pan out. As anyway, the, the upshot is that there's a slug of extra money that's going to need uh, to be issued, and uh, so that 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 that's what's been impacting the market. Let's look uh, very quickly at Australia because the Aussie dollar not doing too well, despite the strong GDP yesterday, three point one percent, which was an upside surprise. We said it was going to be stronger. Once again, we were right. Yeah. <laughs> um, up a strong three point one percent on quarter. The market was looking for two and a half percent, and we're now just uh, just over one percent below pre-COVID levels. It is a first the rebound in household consumption that did the heavy lifting with Victoria recording a chunky 10% rise uh, and what 4.3% for the country as a whole that added something like 2.3 percentage points to GDP investment activity was also strong at 4.1% on the quarter aided by what dwelling investment up 4% uh, equipment spending up nearly 9 most industries saw gains agriculture forestry and fishing was a standout up 27% after a bumper crop tourism obviously lags for the for the obvious reason overall you know we think this is, the rebound continues it's encouraging it's encouraging that we're seeing the sort of you know the private sector picking up the pace uh, as the government support starts to ease off again and and we're looking for growth to go back to sort of pre pre-virus levels by by mid by mid by mid year really and we've got australian retail sales this morning for january also retail numbers for europe and those weekly initial jobless claims in the u.s they fell quite a bit last week but then the adp numbers we've just seen uh, showed that there were fewer jobs so less jobless claims and less jobs that doesn't add up does it so we'll see we'll see what tonight brings uh, even though obviously there are still a, a lot of people out of work so uh, yeah it, it's going to be interesting to see those numbers tonight Yep, it will be. Uh, I think Powell's probably going to take top slot and then we're into non-file payroll on Friday. Okay, great. Good talk, Gavin. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Keep an eye on those bond yields. That's it for this Thursday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. Uh, Dave DeGarish joining me tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you then. Have a great day.